Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my congealed puddles of pus, and welcome to another episode of Screen Queens, the podcast where gargoyles poop in your mouth. This is episode 153, and tonight, Patrick is dead. Actually, that's not true. He said he's not doing in the show anymore because he hates you and you smell. Okay, that's not true either. He's in Denver, Colorado, singing with a bunch of gay homosexuals who are apparently more important than his listeners are. So he left me in charge of this episode. Except I'm going to go to the beach because it's 4th of July weekend. I'm going to get my son on. I'm going to get my fun on. I'm going to kill some people in the Rambos and in the meat rack on the Fire Island because that's how I celebrate America. In the home of the brave. Anyway, we're having a flashback episode tonight. We're going to be taking a look once again at the legacy from 1978. And Patrick first talked about this all the way back in episode 29, the very first year of this very shitty show. So, I have to rub some cocoa butter all over myself so I don't get a scale burn when I'm out of the ocean eating the gay homosexuals. Not the ones that Patrick is singing with, because that would be very funny. You know, I should go to Colorado, get my Rocky Mountain high on. Maybe give him the John Denver experience, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't really know what I mean. Hmm. Anyway, let's take a trip back in time to 2010. To episode 29 and The Legacy, the movie that made Patrick himself a gay homosexual when he saw Sam Elliott soaping his hairy business in the shower. Fact! That is a fact. Remember, if you watch this movie, know that little baby Patrick wanted to spank it during that scene, even though he did not know what spanking it was yet. There is no voicemail this week because I don't want to talk to you! I don't want to have your hot dog breath breathing in my ear. I'm thinking about the summer fun that we're going to have on the beach. Patrick said to tell you to get your answers in for the Spank the Yeti contest to win a copy of the Schmovie game. And you can call them into the voicemail line and hear me on the answering message at 917-720-2047. Or you can write an email to... Crow at ScreamQueens.com. Of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can Twitter them on the Twitter to Scream Queens with a Z. You can Facebook them on the Facebook to the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Just get their answers in and leave me alone. <sighs> Very emotional being left here alone with Smoochie the Cat. We're plotting things, that's all I'm saying. The rules have been repeated many times. You have to match his answers to the questions that were given to us by his, his guest, Brian. Any flowers on the ethic episode? And if you match them or come really, really close, you win a copy of this game. I got the game for you. It's called Open Wide. 
and I poop in their mouth. Everyone wins. Okay, so, yes, I'm off to the beach. And all of you have a great 4th of July weekend. And you know what's a good way to celebrate? A great way to celebrate American independence is to take a cherry bomb firecracker, light it, and stick it in your pee hole. And oh, if you don't live in America, you should do it anyway to celebrate that you don't live here because this place is stupid. I am Flamby Gargoyle and I am out of here. Goodbye. Please die. Beware. Beware. Something's about to come out. Out of the closet. The nightmare closet. <laughs> So, The Nightmare Closet is the portion of the show where I go back and I revisit a movie from my childhood. Normally, it's something that gave me horrible nightmares or freaked me out for a really long time, and I go back and re-examine it as an adult. This one is a little different. This movie didn't particularly scare me at the time. However, it's caused lasting damage, like to this day damage. What kind of damage? Well, you'll have to wait. Better question, what fucking movie are we talking about? Well, we are talking about The Legacy from 1978, starring Catherine Ross and, ooh, Sam Elliott. Let's see what horrors the trailer holds. Jason Mount Olive is a man with many friends. Jason will give you such a wealth. To each he has given anything. He will fulfill every whim. And everything. Every fancy. They've ever desired. Every dream. Trust Jason. Now they've been reunited for one last time. Each to receive one last gift. The legacy. When he calls us, we come. No! Six have come to claim his inheritance. Five discover the lifeless body. Four watch in horror as another dies. Then there were three. Then two. But only one can receive the legacy. Catherine Ross. Sam Elliott. And Roger Daltrey. The legacy. A birthright of living death. A birthright of living death? You know, it's probably been 30 years since the first time I've seen this movie, and I still don't know what that tagline has to do with anything. Anyway, so we're talking about the legacy. Now, I know a lot of you out there, people of you who are in a certain age bracket, the certain age bracket of people who had HBO back in the early 80s, perhaps? You know, back when it wasn't on for 24 hours? Yes. When it came on at 6 o'clock at night and went off at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yes. And they basically showed the same two movies back and forth and back and forth and back and forth all night? And then they repeated that sequence every other day? As opposed to now when they just repeat the same movies over and over again for like 24 hours for a whole month. But that's on the point right now. Yes, this was one of those HBO movies that was on constantly. And because HBO was new and exciting and cool, you watched it no matter what was on, no matter how many times you've already seen it. So 
This one has a special place in my heart just for nostalgia reasons. I haven't seen it since then, so it was kind of interesting to go back and visit it. But what's it about, Patrick? Well, goddammit, keep your shirt on, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, now in this movie, Catherine Ross plays Maggie Walsh, and she's this architect. Or an interior designer, I don't know, some shit with building shit, or something. She's got her hunky boyfriend, Pete Danner, played by the Super 70 stud, Sam Elliott. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the current Sam Elliott, well, time has not been kind to him. But let me tell you about Sam Elliott back in the day. This guy was Marlboro Man, 70s porn, Harry Reams-style hotness. Bitchin' mustache, hairy chest, beautiful body, big rugged Texas drawl voice, and a great actor, so just sexy all around. Anybody remember that TV movie called Lifeguard? Anyone else? have some kind of early burgeoning awakening to that. But that's not the point. We're not talking about lifeguard. We're talking about the legacy. Anyway, she's an architect, and she gets this deal from a client over in England somewhere. And it's a client she's never met, and they've only been corresponding through the phone and through mail. And it's this huge amount of money to go over and do some renovation on his house. And she's like, great, it's a gazillion dollars, let's go. Sam Elliott's suspicious about all this from the start. He's like, well, I don't think you should go. But, you know, they go together, whatever. And then we get to see them riding around the English countryside on their motorcycle while the opening credits roll. And during the credits, we're treated to the love theme from The Legacy. I'm going back across the sky to places I have never been. But something seems to be slowly drawing me away And that's why I come one Catchy, isn't it? Just really sets the tone for a spooky horror movie, doesn't it? Totally. Nothing says scary horror movie like a song sung by Kiki D. Yeah, that's Kiki D. As in like Elton John and Kiki D. As in don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. Terrifying, right? Anyway, so they're jetting about the English countryside on their motorcycle, and all of a sudden they get into this accident with a limousine in the middle of nowhere. The limousine stops, and and out pops Jason Mount Olive, and he's all British, and he's all sorry, and he's like, oh, you simply must come to my state for tea while we have repairs done on your vehicle. And Sam Elliott's like, I don't know, I don't trust this guy. Sam Elliott's the negative Nancy for this whole movie, FYI. He's the voice of reason, but do they listen to Sam Elliott? No, they get in a limousine. And they go off to this guy's house. Oh, did I say house? I'm in freaking sprawling estate. This old queen's living in a goddamn mansion. The Ravenhurst Mansion, which I thought was one of the houses in Harry Potter. But no, I was wrong. Anyway, they're like, okay, we'll stay for tea. But then it quickly becomes evident that they are not going anywhere. Because you see, there's this nurse that lives there. This creepy old nurse. And she's all dressed in white and everything. And she's all old. And she's got like pinchy face. And she's got those little teeny tiny pinchy face glasses. And she's always just like, oh... We'll have your luggage brought in. They're like, no, we're not staying. She's like, oh, I'll bring it in anyway. And every time they try to leave, she's always like, oh, no, the, the shop called. Your motorcycle needs a part and it's shipped in. I'm so sorry. We're very rural out here. And every time she talks, I just want to punch this old bitch in the face. I'm like, fuck you. And every time you see her, she's being all creepy with the staff, like the woman will walk in and the nurse is talking to the staff and the whole room will go... And she'll be like, can I help you, Miss Walsh? And they're all looking at her like, we weren't talking about anything. No, 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 we're not doing anything creepy at all. Fuck you, creepy nurse. Fuck you, creepy staff. So, you know, they realize they're not going anywhere. So what else are you going to do in a strange house? Well, you're going to have sex. Naturally. So her and Sam Elliott get it on. And the only reason I could see for them to get it on is for him to take a shower afterwards. Because Sam Elliott's shower scene is worth the price of a rental. Girls. You get a little naked butt action. 
which is nice, but you get the wet, hairy chest, then the lathering, and there's no point to this. This, this shower scene has nothing to do with the rest of the film, except to make me happy. And it does. Really happy. But then all of a sudden, there's a helicopter landing outside. And all these other people are getting out. These five other people show up, and they're on, like, furs, and they have their, they're young, and they're old, and they wear great clothes, and they're just, like, hoity-toity-toity. And they're like, what the fuck are these people doing here? How many people are staying here? Well, six, to be accurate, as a matter of fact. Anyway. Now they're being forced to stay for dinner. So, you know, after dinner, all of a sudden, you know, they're, I forget, they're retiring to bed, and the nurse corners Maggie, and she's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Mount Olive has requested your presence upstairs. And she's like, uh, okay. So she goes upstairs, and it's his room. His room is like a big old hospital room. It's like a big sheet of plastic, and there's all these oxygen tents, and giant, like, equipment going... <laughs> like, all this crazy stuff. And the other five guests are sitting there in their little folding chairs looking all solemn. And she's like, what is this? nurse is like, sit your ass down. She's like, okay. And all of a sudden, it's like a light show. The lights go down on them. The lights go up in the oxygen tent. And you hear this creepy-ass voice, you know, gurgling and splurging. And you suddenly realize this, this, this voice is reading his will. And all of a sudden, Maggie realizes, okay, I'm inheriting something. I'm not supposed to be here. And the nurse is like, yes, you are. Sit your ass down. Don't make me tell you again. I'm like, slap her. Slap that nurse in the face. And the voice is all like, Welcome to your home. My legacy is past, immeasurable. The ring each of you wears is the symbol of power. The power that brings us together. To you, I bequeath my power. But then the voices are like, Now, Margaret, come to me and receive the blessing of the ring. Now she gets up there and she's just like, Ooh, it smells in here. Oh my God, it smells. And then the next thing you know, the curtains part and boom, this big clippy claw hand comes bursting out and grabs her with its nasty nails. It's like all old and liver spotty and hairy and blutchy and blotchy. And she's like, ah! And and then another hand comes out and jams a ring on her finger. A ring, the Ravenhurst insignia. Which is, not surprisingly, a raven. And she's like, Wah! And then he cuts her scene. She can't get this bitch off. She's rubbing and scrubbing. She's got the hot water. And she can't get this bitch off. And she's crying. And Sam Elliott's like, oh, I told you we shouldn't have come here. What? Why don't we go back and let's do another shower scene? Okay, maybe I was just saying that. Anyway, neither Maggie or we have any idea what the fuck is going on. Because the guy they met this afternoon, Jason Manal, was middle-aged and healthy. And the thing upstairs was like 85 million years old and thick as a dog. But they're both Jason Mount Olive? How is that possible? The next day, everybody starts dying. One by one by one by one by one. And we come to realize that somebody is killing off all of the other guests in order to be the only one left to get the inheritance. But they're doing it by witchcraft. Because that's what Jason's got to give. They're all in league with the devil. And Jason is their leader. And has been for a long time. Like a really, really long time. Time. Dun, dun, dun. Now, going back and watching this as an adult, there's a lot of things about this movie that's still working for me. First of all, it's based on a novel by John Coyne, uh, C-O-Y-N-E, who was a fairly prolific horror writer. I don't know how successful his stuff was, apparently successful enough to make a movie out of one of his books, but the only other book of his that I read was a book called The Searing. I read that when I was like 11 years old, and it turns out about this town of, it's a town, British town, where all of a sudden women start having orgasms spontaneously, and they're so powerful, their brains explode. Yeah, 11 years old, that kind of threw me for a loop. Mom, what does this mean? She's like, what? 
<laughs> then again, that's normally how my mother is about everything. Anyway, the cast in this is really fun. I love Catherine Ross. She's always great. Uh, if you don't know who she is, shame on you. But uh, she was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid back in the day with Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And for genre fans, she was in the original Stepford Wives. And, more recently, she came out of retirement to play the psychiatrist in Donnie Darko. And you know what? Bitch still looked fantastic. You go, Catherine Ross. Sam Elliott, always delicious to look at, delicious to listen to. And did I mention he's delicious to look at? But also in the case, you got Roger Daltrey, you know, from The Who. He's not on it long, but he's a lot of fun while he's there. And rounding out the cast... <laughs> A fun character actress is Charles Gray. Charles Gray, better known as the guy with no neck from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, that guy. I think he was also a Bond villain, but for me, he'll always be the guy with no neck. Also, the atmosphere in this movie is great. The location is creepy as hell. The mood is really, really tense and off-putting, and and it's kind of a twist in a gothic novel, sort of, and plus with some Agatha Christie, and oh boy, there's some supernatural stuff, too, so you got a little bit of everything going on, and it mixes together fairly well. And one of the things I really liked about it, too, is that a lot of the things in the story just go unexplained. Like, I talked about this creepy nurse character. Uh, there's also a white cat running around this mansion, and you never see the nurse and the white cat in the same place at the same time. And you start to wonder after a while, are they the same? Is the nurse the cat? Is the cat the nurse? What's going on there? In witchcraft terms, maybe she's some sort of familiar? I don't know. They don't tell us, but it's creepy. The actress is creepy. The cat is creepy. It's all just creepy. And the poster art for this was fucked up. This is what caught my eye back in the day. When it, when it, I think it was on the cover of the HBO magazine that came in the mail, and I was like, ah, what is that? It's the cat's head. It's the white cat head. It's this bolt of lightning cutting it off of the neck. And then coming out of the neck is that big clippy claw, gross old hand with the giant gross nails and everything and lightning everywhere. It's a fucked up poster. I'll have it on the website. Here's what's hit and miss with this. The deaths. They start off strong and they start to fizzle out over time. And I'm not sure if that is just that these things are not as novel as they were back in 1978. This kind of a death. You know, we're all just jaded bitches. But um, the first death is the one that has scarred me for life. It doesn't give me nightmares or anything, but it still comes up in my memory in certain situations. Like when I'm swimming in a pool by myself. Because in this scene, the beautiful Italian millionaire's call girl is going for a swim by herself in the luxurious pool that Jason has built just for her. And she's swimming and she's doing all of her beautiful aquarobics under the water. And then as she goes to surface, it's like BAM! The surface of the water has become solid. And she can't break through. And she drowns. It's really freaking disturbing. I still find it disturbing. Because, to this day, whenever I'm in a pool by myself, I like to swim underwater. That's my primary means of travel when I'm in a pool. Every time I'm under there, I'm like, wouldn't that be awful if you try to surface right now and then all of a sudden, ba-bang! You can't get through. Like, the surface tension is so hard. I always get through it because I'm so butch and masculine and everything, but it still creeps into my head. Uh, Roger Daltrey's death is gross as hell. He chokes to death. And the nurse, creepy nurse, gives him an emergency tracheotomy, and the whole thing is just ghoulish. He turns this horrible shade of purple. I'm sure the scene is less gory than it seems, but I still had trouble watching it. And one of the things that's neat about this is this is when you find, when Maggie figures out there's something wrong here, because it turns out Roger Daltrey choked to death on a chicken bone. But she knows he didn't have the chicken. He had ham. But aside from this, the pace in this movie is really plodding. 
it just creeps along in the middle of this. They they try to escape from the from the mansion at some point. They steal a limousine, and then all of a sudden, we're treated to an instrumer, instrumental version of the love theme. And it's like, we're having a great time driving through the countryside instead of, oh my gosh, this is a chase trying to escape for our lives. Na, 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 la, 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 kiki, D. And it goes on forever. And then when they find out, oh my gosh, all roads lead back to Ravenhurst, they must do that 12 times. They must take 12 different roads. It's like, okay, we got it. Move along. Stop with the kiki, D. And one of the things I said that was great about the movie was that it didn't answer a lot of the supernatural things. However, they do dump this really heavy-handed backstory concerning Maggie and why she's there, because, oh, by the way, there was no house she was supposed to remodel. That accident with the limousine was no accident. She was called there specifically. This is a whole heavy-handed backstory there that just lays there like a brick and looks at you like, aren't you surprised? And you're going, no, because you've been telling me this was coming pretty much from the first frame of the film. Overall, I think I still like it. I mean, if you're from that era, that HBO era, go back and check it out again. It's fun if you like Sam Elliott. Young Sam Elliott, go check it out. And um, if you want to see what freaks me out, I'm going to try to put that pool scene up on YouTube because it doesn't seem to be up there. But I want you all to see what has given me the freakouts ever since. The Legacy, check it out. Because everything's scarier with Kiki D. by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!